Hello there, this is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Before we get started today, I wanted to take a minute to uh, let everyone know that we have a giveaway going over on our YouTube page. Uh, we're giving away a Darth Revan Hasbro Black Series from the Archive line and a copy of the original PC version of KOTOR. Uh, so you get the, the KOTOR set, you get the uh, Darth Revan, uh, probably some stickers, stuff like that. So uh, you want to make sure you get entered. To do that, go to our uh, YouTube page, uh, which is, uh, you know, just search World Republic podcast, or you can, uh, find that on my, uh, link tree on my Instagram at Astro underscore droid underscore, or on the Twitter at old Republic pod, but make sure you go over, check out the YouTube page, find the giveaway video, uh, and watch that like comment and subscribe. And you'll be entered to win that contest is running until July the 31st. And we'll be drawing the winner on August 1st. So, uh, thanks everyone for checking it out. Good luck, and may the Force be with you. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. Hello there, listeners of the Old Republic Podcast. Today we are bringing you a special episode called KOTOR is Totally Canon. And we want you to know that we are an intelligent, nuanced, and introspective Old Republic podcast. And everything we say, we mean literally. We are not being sarcastic at all. Yeah, that's right. We were uh, talking about it the other day. You know, we were, we were doing some uh, self-reflection in the KOTOR world, and it dawned on us that KOTOR is totally canon. And we mm-hmm. thought that we needed to share this news with all of you. So, so yes, we are very serious on all of this stuff. So please take it to heart and let us know what you think about our, our list here of reasons why KOTOR is totally canon. Yeah. And we are consummate professionals, but we are, some of us are recording uh, away from our usual, you know, kind of studio sound rooms, you know? So if you hear any background noise like that was unintentional and we failed you in that regard but uh that's right but some episodes are too important to uh to put off any longer we have to make sacrifices and if there's a sacrifice in sound quality then so be it because this is important stuff important stuff and we're consummate professionals and we will uh bring you the gospel that is kotor no matter when or where so (laughs) absolutely absolutely so, All right, do you want to start off with number 10, Brian? Yeah, so so number 10 here, uh, and it's it's a big one. Uh, you and I, we sat down, we both kind of created our list, and I have a feeling this was on both of our lists. But the big one for me, Mandalorian Season 2, Crate Dragon Pearl, just like you find on Tatooine after you fight the Crate Dragon. Uh, you take the Crate Dragon Pearl, you put it in your lightsaber, it's the best. They carried it over, it's canon now. And if you're thinking to yourself, Cassia, the crate dragon in the Mandalorian doesn't look like the crate dragon in Kotor. Well, that's because that was a, you know, a big crate dragon, uh, but not the canyon crate dragon that we see uh, in Kotor. 
but we do see the Canyon Cray Dragon in the Star Wars Adventure comic. So, therefore, Cray Dragon Pearl, canon. Yeah, the Mandalorian kind of borrowed a, a Dune worm for that episode. Uh, the budget was too big, so they're like, we're just going to borrow Frank Herbert's uh, worm, and Warner Brothers thought that was okay. So Totally fine. And, yeah, it was a bigger, it was a bigger, you know, crate dragon pearl, but it's because it was a bigger dragon and like those things form over, over generations and like they can vary in size. And I'm sure if an, any enterprising young Jedi found that uh, crate dragon pearl, they could fashion it into an appropriate lightsaber crystal. Exactly so. right. Mm -hmm. And then... We can follow that up with uh, number 10, the Manon connection. I do love Manon. Uh, Colto mm -hmm. is mentioned in the High Republic era, the book Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. And then the, the Hetzel disaster in The Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Was it the Selkath? What do you think, Brian? Yeah, that was the big speculation. So the uh, Hetzal disaster, there's a big explosion in the hyperspace lane. And Hetzal was the big producer of uh, Bacta, this up-and-coming uh, medicinal fluid that was replacing Colto. So who would be at most to gain from that? That would be the Selkath. Well, we learn later in the High Republic that it wasn't them. Uh, but, you know, just even, even thinking about it uh, makes me think that the Selkath and Manon are canon. Yeah. I mean, just like the thought tracks, you know, and it leads us to canon. So therefore it is canon. And plus we had a Selkath bounty hunter in Clone Wars. He kind of spoke basic, not like in like the hissy, like little clicks, but maybe they can just speak both ways. And that's cool that they're able to do that. All right. So carrying on uh, number 10, uh, we have the Dark Lord, uh, the Jedi Knight, uh, Revan, uh, him or herself, uh, so close to being canonized in the Clone Wars. Uh, in the Mortis arc, the original animatics had Bane and Revan. Uh, we talked about that back in episode 69, so go give that a listen uh, if you want to hear more about that. Um, you know, Revan was right there on the cusp of greatness being canonized, uh, but it didn't happen until the Rise of Skywalker. In the art of the Rise of Skywalker book, we find out that one of the legions on Exegol, was the Revan Legion. And is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Yeah, I believe it's number three or nine. Who cares? You know, like, it's canon. You know, like, it's <laughs> named after Revan, whoever they may be. Uh, and maybe there was a Malak Legion that uh, was jaw-dropping, you know? You just don't know. All of the legions that were there in the ice you know, all those years, where did they come from, you know, but we don't hmm. really need to think about that. What we do need to think about is that KOTOR is canon. So. That's right. That is the important takeaway from the Rise of Skywalker, no doubt. Speaking of the Rise of Skywalker, when I saw the Rise of Skywalker, I internalized this line from Palpatine, a diode not seen in generations. And I was like, I'm going to take that little modicum of sand and build a castle out of it that's called Kotor's Canon because a diode not seen in generations, you know, that's pretty much just a straight up confirmation that Bastel and Revan existed, you know, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that's all the confirmation you need, really. A dyad not seen in generations. Uh, who else could they possibly be talking about other than Bastille and Revan? Doesn't make any sense. And then plus, Kylo Ren had a mask. Ren sounds sounds like Revan, and he had a mm-hmm. mask that looks Revan-esque. And um, Ray had a yellow lightsaber, so like coincidence? <laughs> I think not. No, I think there was some deep-rooted dyad energy going on when they picked the mask, when they picked the yellow uh, kyber crystal. They were hearkening back to that dyad not seen in generations. Bastila and Revan, therefore came. It was planned from the beginning, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely it was. All right, carrying on with our next point, we have Clan Ordo uh, is totally canon. So the Mandalorian world of Ordo, it became canon officially in 2018 in a reference book called Scum and Villainy, Case Files of the Galaxy's Most Notorious. That was written by Pablo Hidalgo. And Pablo Hidalgo is basically like the Star Wars uh, canon expert, right? That's what he's there for. He is bringing us this great stuff like the Mandalorian world of Ordo, bringing it into canon. Plus, if you watch The Bad Batch, they go to that moon and there is a little dragon there that's eating all the energy. That's called an Ordo moon dragon. Clan Ordo, basically canon. Yeah, and I think uh, in KOTOR 1, you kind of see Candorous with a tattoo. And I think that tattoo is basically the Ordo moon dragon. Uh, like maybe it's like a, a sigil, you know, or a crest, you know. So that's it's right. basically even more canon than it was which it was really canon so <laughs> that's right we have a mudhorn sigil uh and now we have the ordo moon dragon sigil uh possibly so yeah clan ordo candorous ordo canonized in my head in our hearts for sure 100 percent. Mm-hmm. and then number 10 Catherine tabor said in a tweet from 2016 that she thinks that mission veo and vet from swotor and numa from Rebels are all related because, you know, obviously she voiced them all. And Star Wars, you know, like shows us that voices, especially British accents, are genetic. I mean, that's why Ray is speaking with a British accent is because of that connection she has to Palpatine and her, her parents, who we will mention later on the list down at uh, number 10. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And Catherine Tabor also voices Padme Amidala. And who is going to argue with a Queen Amidala herself? Not me, not you, not anyone. So if Catherine Tabor says uh, that Mission and Numa are related, they probably are. And that means that Mission is canon. A little fun fact, uh, Catherine Tabor also voiced uh, the E.K. Johnston Queen trilogy. And you can hear our thoughts about Queen's Hope in episode 121. Absolutely. Go give that a listen and give that book a read because it's excellent. But right now we are carrying on with our list and we are to reason number 10 why KOTOR is totally canon. And that is because Korriban, uh, also known as Moraban, uh, Yoda goes there in the Clone Wars and he talks to Darth Bane. Now, Darth Bane is important because he created the rule of two, no more than two uh, Sith Lords at any given time. That was his rule. And how did he come up with it? Well, if you read the book, Darth Bane, Path of Destruction, he finds Revan's holocrons on Lehan, and that gave him the wisdom and insight that he needed uh, to come up with things like the rule of two. So Yoda talks to Darth Bane, who talked to Revan through holocrons, therefore canon. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not circular reasoning at all. You know, it just is straight up reasoning. Which brings me to number 10. Ray's parents are named Dathan, which is actually a biblical name. And if you ever watch uh, Charlton Heston's The Ten Commandments, you get to see the character named Dathan, you know. It totally wasn't just someone, like, uh, creating the name Dathan off the top of their head as a joke. It is, according to the author, named after uh, a friend he had growing up on Wikipedia. And then Ray's mother was named Miramir. And I actually really like this one. It's kind of like, an, like, according to Wikipedia from the author of, of the book that, like, Shadows of the Sith... Um, mm -hmm. Miramir is kind of like Miramar, which is a coast in New Zealand, you know. It, but I don't know, like maybe I had a a dream or something, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness, you know. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like someone created those names, you know. And it's like Miramir is kind of like palindrome esque, you know, and it kind of evokes like the mirror image from fairy tales and uh, in The Last Jedi, you know? And what's mm -hmm. fascinating about that name uh, is that Miramir has the root Mira in it, which means with 1,138% certainty that KOTOR is canon because it shares a similarity to Mira's name from KOTOR 2. Absolutely. Yeah. She was named after Mira, uh, you know, this uh, notorious bounty hunter from back in the Old Republic days. Totally canon. And Shadow of the Sith, uh, that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Um, very much looking forward to, to reading it and diving into more about the background of these names. But yeah, just, you know, just the names themselves. This, this means, yeah, totally. KOTOR is 100% canon. And mm -hmm. going on with number 10, as confirmed in the Star Wars Last Jedi's Visual Dictionary, Luke had a red kyber crystal, and it was a relic that was once owned by a Jedi Crusader. Uh, this pendant it featured a broken piece of an ancient Sith lightsaber crystals, uh, you know, and Crusaders took those as trophies, as you see, as we saw in the Star Wars Visions, uh, you know, taking the tr trophies from their Sith enemies. And, you know, when there were numerous... Uh, trophies to be taken. This suggests that the objects were very old, centuries old, old Republic old. And in The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, it explained a lot about how much time Luke was spent traveling the galaxy, trying to acquire these artifacts, and learning all of the things about the Jedi, about the uh, you know, the Jedi Order, the Sith, and their origins. And that red kyber crystal was one of those symbolic relics. Yeah, and... Revan was literally the first Jedi Crusader, so if Jedi Crusaders exist, Revan existed, which means KOTOR existed, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, canon. So, canon. Um, so, so literally, Luke had Revan's crystal, probably, on mm -hmm. Octo. That's, that's, where, that's, that's where it was. Yeah. It could have it been Malix. It could, he could have had both of them. It's hard to say. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but what we do know is that KOTOR is literally canon. That's the only and thing then, we know with any certainty. That's right. And then number 10, uh, in Star Wars Brotherhood, Terrace is invoked. That mm -hmm. 
we learned that Obi-Wan and Anakin went on a mission there to Terrace, and that's like the most KOTOR planet of KOTOR 1, probably. You spend so much time there. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the same vehicle class as the Ebon Hawk. That's the one that Anakin flew to get to Catonomoidia in the first place, you know? And I am a super fan, and I didn't have to have someone else pointed out to me that that was what the Ebon Hawk was, you know? Um, so if the same ship class exists, you know, um, that means that the Ebon Hawk existed because it existed in Knights of the Old Republic. It's all, it's all canon, you know? It's like, mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. I saw a DB5 uh, in real life, that means that James Bond is yes. a real person. That, so. that, that makes the most sense to me. And yeah, you spend a lot of time on Terrace and we get to find out that Obi-Wan and Anakin got to spend a lot of time on Terrace and flying around by Terrace. Uh, so Terrace, totally canon. And yeah, of course, the Ebon Hawk has to be canon if he's going to be on that same ship. And you can learn more about the novel Brotherhood uh, when we were joined by Plo Cool in episode 132. So give that a listen. You can draw your own conclusions there, but the only conclusion we can draw is that KOTOR is 100% canon. And Cassia, that only leaves us with one last number 10 to go. Um, and I think uh, you put this one in. So I think that you should read it and you should probably read it in your best uh, Emily Swallow impersonation, I think. Yeah, uh, I'll do that. Uh, I'll try not to stutter or say um or have a tremulous voice. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi that fought with such powers. And that, of course, is uh, a quote from Emily Swallow's The Armorer. Mm -hmm. And the songs of eons past, you know, eons, thousands of years ago. Uh, and these stories, songs, are passed down oral traditions, you know, uh, telling about the battles uh, between Mandalore the Great, nay, Mandalore the Ultimate, probably, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. That's Jedi Crusaders, you know, because Luke had the necklace, you know, and they fought with powers. And I would actually love to see the history books from, from the galaxy, you know, and uh, just see their mythology, folklore, traditions, and all that, like... I find it really fascinating. What about, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. It is very fascinating. And hopefully when we get back to season three of The Mandalorian, we are going to dive into that history um, and learn a little bit more about the Mandalorian uh, people, uh, their way of life, and these battles that they got into, um, you know, including battles probably with Revan because that's, that's where, uh, you know, Revan got the mask from Mandalore and, and these battles hit it away, uh, brought the Mandalorian uh, race down, and maybe we're going to get into that. And by maybe, I mean probably 100% uh, canon uh, because of the armor's uh, statement here to uh, Din Djarin. So I think that, yeah, I think that this list of top 10s, you know, 11 number 10s to be exact, I, yeah. it's, it's pretty pretty all-encompassing. It's all the reasons why KOTOR is canon, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I mean, KOTOR is canon, it gets more canon each day, and just a 
closing statement, if you think we are being sarcastic in any way or joking in any way, like, I hate to break it to you, but we are serious. <laughs> yes. Serious about our introspection, our intelligence and nuance that we bring to the older public podcast. Absolutely. We do not title our episodes uh, things like KOTOR is totally canon uh, lightly. You know, we put a lot of thoughts and a lot of research into this. And yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else there is, is to say, really, but other than, you know, KOTOR is canon and we want to know. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can drop us comments or uh, message uh, me on Instagram. It's at astro underscore droid underscore. And let us know what ways you think KOTOR is canon, because there's probably ones that we missed because they are so numerous out there. And just one more closing statement. We don't, we're not one of those like YouTubers or Star Wars podcasts that adds hashtags to our titles. We, we will never add hashtag clickbait, hashtag not clickbait, hashtag literally Mm -hmm. to our episodes we are as we said consummate professionals so um i hope that came across in our recording today and yes we hope you enjoyed this episode absolutely uh thanks for joining us uh hashtag no hashtags and hashtag may the force be with you hashtag may the force be with you Public podcasts can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>